Hello and welcome to episode 72 of Inside the WDF with me, Andrew Sinclair. It was a rare off-weekend this past weekend for the WDF Tour, with just two gold-graded youth events taking place in Russia. But that break gave me a chance to, to make further progress towards my goal of interviewing as many ranking event winners this year as possible. Scottish players have had a lot of success on the tour in recent weeks, and I speak to three of them on this week's show. Jim McEwen, Lorraine Hyde and Mark Barilli. First up is the British Classic champion Jim McEwen, who talks winning that title in Bridlington, his experiences on the PDC and Challenge Tours this year, and much, much more. I'm now delighted to be joined by the 2021 British Classic champion Jim McEwen. Jim, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, Paul. Nice to talk to you again. Lovely to have you back on. The last time we spoke was back in April. You were coming off the, the disappointment of Q School and all of that, but it's been a bit of a whirlwind since then. Been invited to the last five PDC Super Series events. Did being in those make up for the disappointment of Q School? Oh, absolutely. It's been a, it was a blast, Andrew. An absolute blast. I've loved every minute of it. But the challenge to on top of that as well. It's been, I've been busy, busy, so it's, it's been good. Yeah, I can imagine. When I've spoken to, to other players in the past, they've said it's a bit of a shock to the system. When you first work in, walk into the, the hall at the PDC and suddenly you think, oh, Gary Anderson's there, Michael Van Gerwen's there, it can be a bit of a bit of a surreal moment. Was that the case for you as well? Uh, it was, yeah, but I've, I've met a few of them before anyway. But when you're playing in the same tournaments as, as, as those boys, it's a bit surreal, to be honest, but I got used to it. My, my first, my first super series, I didn't, I didn't win a game all the whole week, um, but I didn't play bad. But it, it came together after that. And I mean, there's been some scrutiny of the format. I know some people aren't too happy with it. But did you enjoy the kind of three, four days in a row? Yes, I did. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know any other way anyway, Andrew. So uh, yeah, I enjoyed it because. Out of the five uh, series, I didn't play well. I didn't win any games the first two days in every one of them, I don't think. Uh, not that I didn't play well. Uh, when, you, when you play against those boys, you miss a double, you're not going back to it. Uh, that was the case most of the time. But I got there in the end, I got used to it. And getting plenty of practice in, it's, it's really vital, the practice. And after going winless in the first one, was it a bit of relief when you got the first win on the board in the second one? Oh, definitely, yeah. It was against John Bradley Brooks. The first was a surprise. We all know how good Bradley is. He was a world youth champion, I think, last mm. year. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's, it's, a, it's a big monkey off your back when you get the first one, yeah. And it have been a fair few scalps since then as well, even just in the last one, knocking off Stephen Bunting and Dimitri Vandenberg. Yeah, um... When I have won, it's always been against some of the, the, the kind of major players. Um, Damon Hetter, I beat him. Um, obviously, I beat Dimitri in the last one there. Uh, Jose de Souza, Stephen Bunt, as you said. And being in that high-pressure environment, you know, not getting second chances at doubles, do you feel that's elevated your game even further? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um a big factor as well is the last time I spoke to you I said there was like news coming up that, that I was signing with a, with a company well 
getting getting my new signature darts from Stripper Darts has helped a lot. Getting the darts made the way I want I wanted them. And that's helped a, a, a great deal, yeah. It's not everybody who can say they've smacked in a nine darter against a five time world champion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was kinda sweet and sour that one. <laughs> Uh, get, get, getting a nine in, in the first leg against Barney, well, that was that was something else. And I played so well right through the game to go five two ahead, just needing to win more. But well, if world champions stick in and they come back at you. That's that's what Barney done. Fair play to him. Uh, again, I, I didn't play bad after I went five two. I was still playing well. But Barney, Barney does. He did what he does. During the time you've been on the, the, the tour at the events this year, you've actually picked up management as well from, from William Adamson. How did that actually come about? Uh, he messaged me when I was at Q school, going into the final day. He messaged me the, the night before the final day um, and had said that uh, he'd be watching the last day with a bit of interest. I was, I was playing Ryan Hogarth, who's also... Uh, one of those players, and I saw him sitting there, and it just played in my mind the whole way through the game. He was watching me as well as watching Ryan. Uh, that wasn't a great game, to be honest, but uh, I started, I won it. And then he got in touch two or three weeks down the line, and I just uh, went from there. And what difference would you say that's made to you during the year? Oh, God, what a difference. Um, world is everything for me. Because Hotels, your entries, the law just does everything for you. That just concentrate my darts. Ask any player that, that's under management. It's, it's so good. It really is so good. Mm. And having had a taste of the, the big time and playing with those guys multiple times throughout the year, I'm sure that stoked your fire as well for, for wanting to go one better at Q School and being a permanent fixture on the tour next year. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. Well, I keep telling them, well, I'm getting my, 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 my tour card at Q-School this year, so I better, I better get to it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's put a bit of fire in my belly. So I think it's what I needed, to be honest. Away from the main tour, you've obviously been playing on the, the Challenge Tour as well, and things started really well. You won Event 3, and that was the sort of first senior title for you. When that winning double went in against Jim Williams... What did that mean, that moment? Oh, that, that, that was good. That was, that was hard. That was a hard, hard school. Um, yeah, it felt it was brilliant. I mean, to, to come out on top of all, of all those players. Going into the final, I was confident anyway because uh, I've got a very good record against them. I played them maybe eight, nine times in ranking events and I've won them all anyway. So I went in with a bit of confidence. Started off well in the final, and he came back. And uh, the, the last leg was just kind of touch and go from both of us, uh, and I managed to nick it. Uh, yeah, it was brilliant, good. Um, then the event, the event four, after, straight after it, well, I was, I was knackered. I got to the last thirty-two, and uh, Sean McDonald uh, from Aberdeen uh, put me in the last thirty-two, and Sean went to win that. And I know after you won, there were a few, um, how can we put it, questionable posts on some of the social media sites and stuff, likening you to a, a wish Steve Beaton, which I thought were very unfair. 
was funny. Um, a lot of people seemed to think I was offended, but I wasn't offended. I just thought it was funny. I just thought I'd write, I'd write a post on um, the Darts Live page. I, thought, I, wasn't, I wasn't moaning or complaining about it, but just tell them that it's a good job I've got more to worry about than that. <laughs> no, 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 that was fine. But it was funny. It was funny. And there's worse players you could, com- you could be compared to, I suppose. <laughs> Very true. Now, obviously, that first block of Challenge Tour events ended in a, you know, there was a sour note the way things ended. And you were one of the players who were affected by what happened. And I know you were quite, you know, considered and whatever you post on Facebook and stuff, but kind of yeah. sum up those emotions when they came up to you, yanked you and said, sorry, you've got to go. Well, I was playing well. I, mean, I just come off, I just come off the back of a, a 5-0 win over Andy Jenkins, about 100 average, so I was playing well, I was feeling good, and I fully expected to, to, to go all the way. And I was just about, the, the, game, the game before we had just finished, and I was just about to get my bum off the seat to go, and um, one of the officials come over, said I'd had to leave, there was a close contact of a certain player who had tested positive, well, I knew who he was talking about because someone had mentioned it earlier on that day. Uh, it was a, a second, it really was. Um, I didn't complain about it, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it anyway. Uh, but I, I, when I outside, a couple of other boys that, that, that were affected were really angry about it. Uh, it was only right, later on that night I started thinking about it and, wasn't a nice thing to do, to be honest. But... Yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing could do. Mm. Yeah. But obviously, you know, getting yanked, that obviously meant that, you know, the money you thought you might have added in that event, six you didn't manage to. Was yeah. that playing on your mind when you went into the second block, thinking, you know, I've got a bit of a catch-up job to here? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was funny because the, the game I got pulled from, the boy that was supposed into the next round and before he, he even threw a dart on that the next round he got pulled as well for being a, a close contact as well but because he had already got put into the next round he got the money for it <laughs> he got extra, extra money on, the, on that round for it as well so that, that was a bit a bit funny but um, nah, yeah I got into the, the last block of, uh, I, I was going to have to win one um, to to catch Jim, uh, and I nearly did on the on the final one. Uh, of course, the quarters. I was the only one left in it that could have called. Uh, but I managed the quarters that day. I'm quite, I'm mean, quite happy to finish tenth in the, the order of merit. To be honest, Andrew, I mean that was my, my this is my first year in anything to do with the PDC really. So uh, happy enough. Get to September and the WDF tour you know, in the UK starts up again. Obviously, you and I had a chat in Celsi. Um, yeah. And when we spoke last time, you kind of talked about how during the lockdowns and whatever, you'd miss the people that you'd see at the tour events and stuff. So was it nice in September to have the events down in Celsi and to get back to a bit of normality again? Oh, definitely, yeah. It was good, it was good to see a lot of faces, yeah. I hadn't seen for maybe a year and a half, two years. Nice meeting you, but I think you were a jinx because I didn't play well at all. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm blaming you anyway. I didn't have a great weekend on the darts front, but I've thoroughly enjoyed myself. Nice, nice, nice seeing some, some old friends. 
Well, I mean, I got absolutely pasted 4-0 by Ryan Hogarth, so it didn't go too well for me either. Well, that's quite unusual for Ryan to paste anyone 4-0 these days. <laughs> in October, you were down in Bridlington for, for British Classic, British Open, and you picked up your first WDF ranking title in the British Classic. Yeah. But, you know, you played all the, the games on the Saturday to get down to the final, and then you and Reese didn't play that final till late Sunday evening. Was yeah. it a bit of a challenge on the Sunday to just, I know you'd had the Open in the morning, but to just go up there for the one game? Um, yes and no. I mean, it did bother me, but I'd rather have played the final on the Saturday. Uh, and I, I'm sure Reese would, would probably agree as well. But as it is, Sunday's finals night, uh, we, we knew that anyway. But uh, yeah, I loved it. Though. That, was, that was good getting that, my first WDF one under my belt. My first final, my first win. Uh, it was good. Pretty, pretty it wasn't the big one, but next best thing. Yeah, and certainly won it in style as well with that 160 finish. Best three darts of that game. Of my game, anyway, in the final. Uh, yeah, it was a. Uh, I'm sure most would say Reese deserved to win it. It probably did on, on the play, but hey, that's darts, isn't it? It's, you need luck, Paul. You absolutely do, but that 160 was, was lovely, and I'm sure it was kind of extra special for you as well because only about half an hour before your fellow Scotland international Lorraine Hyde had won her first title as well and I know there was a nice picture of the two of you with your, your trophies on the stage Yeah, yeah, that was brilliant I mean the 160 uh, to start off with uh, when I had the two trebles I didn't imagine I was going to get near the, the double top because I couldn't see it because my, my, my dad was sitting up in the flights blocking the double so I thought if I just get near it the, the, the worst I'm going to do is leave double top and reach his back in 140 and hope the hope he wasn't taking that, but uh, I'll admit it was a bit of a floor. Um, <laughs> but we got there. And yeah, uh, well, Lorraine was brilliant that, that weekend as well. She's, she's, I mean, obviously, she's been super dark. She's just got new darts as well, and they're suiting her. And she's, play, she's playing awesome with them. Uh, and very, I'm really happy for Lorraine. She's, she deserves it. She works hard for it. Hmm. And have you actually managed to watch the final back now? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it freezes about halfway through the, the last leg on YouTube, but I can't get it to go any further for some reason. But I've watched it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, like it... Watching, I like watching my games back. Uh, I've been in the, I've been in the stream in the PDC a couple of times, and I like watching that back as well because I learn a lot from it as well, Andrew. Hmm. Is that just in terms of you know your release or your stance, that kind of thing? My release, most, mostly, uh, I've always had a problem with release. I'm a, I'm a big snatcher, and I've been working on it the last two years. And, we, and also where I'm holding my dart, my whole hand comes, it's pulled back on a dart now. Uh, I don't, I always rest my middle finger on the point, so I don't do it anymore. Uh, and I think that's helped as well. But my, my new darts, are I absolutely love them. Uh, and they're, they're doing me well. Yeah, certainly. You then had, you know, the, the Welsh Open weekend as well, and it was just basically non-stop travel for you, event to event to event. Uh, didn't spend that much time in your own bed, I don't imagine, but was it so ni- was it nice to just be playing so much starts after, you know, the, the COVID and basically 18 months of nothing? Well, to start with, all my life doesn't listen to this, and you're, you're, you're saying I didn't spend too much time in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So I've not liked that much. Uh, no, well, my wife was with me at uh, Barnsley. No, we went, well, obviously Bridlington first. Uh, the wife was there in Ashley. Then we went to Barnsley for a few days. And on the Thursday, well, I, I was playing the Super Series on the Friday as well. But they went to Wales on the Thursday um, to get the Charlie cleaned up for me coming. So I was I was missing the Welsh, was it Welsh Classic or hmm. Welsh Martin, whatever it is. So I missed that one anyway, and I missed the, I missed the men's pairs. And I got a lift over with Kevin McDine on the Friday night. So we just had in the mixed pairs on Saturday with Chloe O'Brien, Scotland youth player, and we got to the semis. But the, the open on the Sunday didn't go well at all, I didn't play well. Um, so I missed out on some points here, but I'm hoping I've done enough to get to Lakeside with what I've got. So I think you're, I think you're 27th in the, the WDF rankings at the minute, but as far as I know, you're not going to be travelling again before the end of the year, is that right? That's right. Well, I'm, I'm missing it because I'm playing in the World Seniors qualifiers down in Reading uh, this weekend coming. Um, and at the time I entered, I wasn't even near the rankings, but winning the British Classic put me up. Uh, into contention but as I say I've already entered into the, the seniors which I really want to do anyway um, but I'm hoping I'm hoping players above me uh, do well at the Irish Open uh, and keep, keep the ones behind me at bay <laughs> well you don't have to worry about me taking points away from you so that's one person <laughs> yeah, you never know you never know uh, you mentioned the World Seniors Qualifier. Obviously, there's a lot of interest and excitement about the, the tournament, and rightfully so. It's going to be great in the new year. Obviously, you know you, have, you haven't qualified yet, but in a hypothetical, in a, in a dream scenario, who would be the, the dream opponent for you? First round, not Phil Taylor. Um, not the first round. <laughs> I, thought, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure, to be honest. Um, oh, it's a... I'm not first either way. I think there's already been decided that the foul plays on the Friday night, so I imagine he will be getting one of the qualifiers in the first round. I would imagine. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not first to play Andrew. You just play your game against anyone. And if it's foul Taylor, it's foul Taylor. There's nothing you can do about it. But what a scalp he would be in there. Well, exactly. Um, and he's not doing the tour anymore, so you never know. Definitely. Best of luck for that. And then in December, you've got a, a mad title challenge, is that right? That's right, yeah. I'm playing Darren Beveridge for the, the Payfarts. Yeah, Payfarts one. Uh, I think it's getting put in an exhibition with Nathan Aspinall and uh, Andy Bolton. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Love Darren to bits. A really nice, really nice boy. Uh, and a great player as well. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, just looking back over the, the course of this year, obviously you've you've managed to do so much, a lot of first-time feats for you as well. Considering the position we were all in in January with the lockdowns and stuff, does it all feel a bit that the year's gone very different to how I thought it might have done? Oh, 100%, yeah, yeah. I've been very lucky, Andrew. 
I suppose, doing, so, doing so well at Q School uh, has kind of made that possible, I suppose. Being so high up in order of merit and then using that order of merit to replace two card holders that have withdrawn from the Super Series is, uh, yeah, very lucky. Very lucky. But as I say, it's been a blast. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, the, the last two, the last two series at Barnsley, I was sharing a table with Gary Anderson, Adrian Lewis, and Ian White, and Michael Smith as well. And what a hoot that was! It was an absolute hoot. And I think we all really enjoyed that week. And it was good. Oh, lovely, mate. Obviously, you've been away a lot. You know, various events. You've had a busy schedule, but what's kind of the status with local darts near you? Are you are your leagues up and running again? There's no the interest not there from the teams anymore. There's only four teams interested. So yeah, Dreghorn league that I play in with with Willie Burns. Uh, it started back up in three or four weeks. I've only, I've only played two games. But I've been away, uh, I've been Barnsley for two of them. Uh, you got to you got to keep your your, your hand in it, the local stuff. Uh, local league is important. For anybody who are, in my opinion, anyway, even for even for the professionals and stuff, uh, I know a lot of them still play local league and, and county as well. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like doing it when I can, when I get time. And what's the what's the plan for county where you are this season? Because I know obviously there's been a bit of change to the Scottish system this year. Well, uh, we play we, we play in the, the South Division. And again, there's been withdrawals from that, so there's only four teams left in it. Uh, instead of playing just playing the one team every year, we're doing it home and away so we can get the six fixers in to, to come along with the North Division. It's, it's not going to be ideal. And the, the, the format's changed. A lot of people don't like the format. They've done away with A players and B players and just put everybody into the mix. So they'll play couple of ladies, a few men, another couple of ladies, a few men, all through the day to mix up a wee bit and make sure that I think it's a good thing because it makes sure everybody's there at the start and everybody supports everybody else. But up here is a good thing because if you're an a, if you're an a, a men's A player, you know you don't have to turn up till 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I don't think that's fair on everybody else that's, that's playing away at 11, 12. And it's been an absolute pleasure, you know, following your games on the tour this year, Jim, and lovely to see you in Celsius. And hopefully, all goes well at the World Seniors Qualifier, and and also all goes well, and I get to see you again in Lakeside in January. Oh, I'd love it, Andrew. I'd love it. Oh, thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Jim. Jim's a lovely bloke, and he's someone who I think I could chat darts with for ages. To be perfectly honest. It remains to be seen whether I was the jinx for him in Celsius or not, but I do hope he, he manages to get the, the lakeside spot and I hope he goes well at the World Seniors Qualifier and you know when it comes around Q School next year, he's certainly feeling confident and if he plays the way he can in, in, in that environment, I think he's got a very good chance indeed. As mentioned in that chat with Jim, his Scotland teammate Lorraine Hyde also won her first ranking title in the Classic, defeating Northern Ireland's Denise Cassidy in the final. Lorraine played well all weekend and it was great to see another female player get their name in the mix as a title winner. 
I caught up with her last week to discuss her victory in Bridlington, combining the Welsh Open weekend with playing at the Women's Series, her game taking a big leap forward in the last two years, her biggest source of motivation and much more. I'm now delighted to be joined by the British Classic champion, Lorraine Hyde. Lorraine, how are you? I'm great, thank you. I wanted to, to touch on that win in Bridlington first off. It was your first WDF ranking title. Talk me through the emotions of your, your win over Denise Cassidy. Yeah, to, to be honest, it's, <laughs> it's still not really sunk in with me. Um, I think I'm just concentrating and trying to get to Lakeside. I'm just not thinking about what I'm doing winning-wise and that. Um, but yeah, I was really happy. I was just disappointed that it happened to be the, the silver event and not the gold. <laughs> <laughs> True, um, but, but yeah, um, yeah, I played well all that tournament. Um, so I was really chuffed to win. I wasn't expecting to beat Denise as well as I did. Um, because I know well, I've known Denise for years. So, um, yeah, was pretty shocked at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it must have been nice as well because only about half an hour later, your fellow Scotland international Jim McEwen won his first title as well. Yeah, it was nice to see him, and he obviously he plays in the same county county team as me as well so um yeah it was nice to see him winning uh, it's nice to see some scottish people <laughs> dominating the weekends as well i mean i know you said you're focusing on kind of lakeside qualification and that's totally understandable but having got that first title under your belt has that kind of given you more confidence moving forward knowing that you know you can do it yeah yeah it's definitely given me a confidence boost um it's, but at the same time, I also feel a bit more under pressure because people are expecting me to do well, if, if you get what I'm saying. <laughs> um, and a lot more people are watching me now. But yeah, I definitely feel a lot more confident. Cons- well, considering I've only... I just changed my own set of darts. Just my first tournament was uh, the England Open, so I've done all right with them so far. <laughs> so hopefully, yeah, I'll get another win. You're into the top 16 of the ladies' rankings now. Uh-huh. And I know I've seen that you're on the entry lists for Ireland next weekend. Where else is on the, the, the plan for you before the end of the year? Um, so I just booked Italy this week. So obviously, the, the, from like number 16 to 8 is quite close. Everyone's really close together. So I'm like, oh, I don't want to risk missing a tournament. So I've just booked Italy this year and then... I'll be going to Holland if that's all going ahead. I'm not sure. I think there's another update coming soon about that. Um, so, yeah, that's the only ones. Was the, the late side in the Women's World Championship, was that something that you used to watch on TV and stuff when you were younger? Yeah. Well, my family's very much a darting family. So it's been in my... watched it since I was a kid and always wanted to get up there. And obviously when it moved from Lakeside, I was um, the last one. Um, I was like, oh no, I'll never get to play there. But um, as soon as it got put back there, I was like, right, I'm going to go um, and try get there. Boy, like on. Now you say it's a bit of a family affair. You're from a darting family. Talk me through yeah. that. Yeah, so by um, my mum, my dad, my uncle, my auntie, <laughs> my sister, my granddad, they all played darts. Um, my sister, she plays for, uh, she plays county. Everyone else kind of, it's just a hobby to them. But yeah, my sister tries to take it a bit more serious. 
Well, she was actually quite close to getting in the Scotland team at one stage in her life. Um, so, yeah, she's quite good as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I imagine when you were younger then, it was just natural that you'd start playing as well. Yeah, well, um, my dad actually made me sit and learn to count before I was allowed to pick up a dart. <laughs> I had to go down to his um, league on a Tuesday and sit and mark games. And I was marking games for the likes of like John Henderson and everything, um, mm. thrown in at the deep end when I was about 11, 12, um, <laughs> and just mark, marked games and learned to count by just watching them playing. Um, and then I didn't start playing competitively till I was about 13. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> and have you played kind of consistently ever since you were 13 then, or have you taken some breaks? No, yeah, I've played darts since I was 13 any like youth thing that there was on unfortunately it, when I was a youth there wasn't many things on as what there is nowadays um, but if if there was anything on I would go to it mm. um, but yeah I've been playing that whole time mm. now you're a Scotland international you played at some of the big WDF international tournaments but mm-hmm. do you remember the time when you got your first call up to the Scotland team uh, yeah I do I was 19 at the time I think I was. I think I'd won a few things in Scotland and topped the county tables, so I was kind of expecting it. But then you always, you just never know, do you? <laughs> you never know if you're going to get selected or not. But yeah, that was the. That's prob. Well, until the British Classic, obviously, that was my biggest achievement getting into the Scotland team, mm. and I'll always be proud of putting that shirt on. I did have a break between. I lost lost the spot in the team after that year, um, and didn't get back in for another. I think it was seven years, but I've stayed in the team since then. But it's not easy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I suppose after you know you appreciate it maybe more. You know when you got called up the second time after having had you know a while out of the international team as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I just focused a bit more to try stay in the team and. The extra little bit of pressure kind of usually helps me play better, I suppose. But yeah, I was just determined to stay in the team because once once you're out, it's kind of harder to get back in, if that makes sense. Um, hopefully I'll stay there. <laughs> well, I think if you play the way you are at the moment, it's a very strong chance of that. I mean, you know, it seems to me in the last couple of years that you've kind of really stepped up and obviously you've started doing the tour a lot more than you used to. Do you yeah. feel you've taken a massive leap in your game the last couple of years? Well, to be honest, um, I've started playing in the um, Aberdeen Men's League again the last couple of years, and that seems to have brought on my dart. I took a break from... I, I played in the Men's League since I was about 13, but obviously when I had the little one, I took a break from Monday night darts and only played on a Tuesday. But since I've gone back, just playing all the top players male players in Aberdeen has absolutely helped my darts big time but obviously through lockdown and that as well I was trying to keep the arm going and playing in all these online comps and yeah I have definitely seen a massive difference with my darts I think it's more to do with my confidence than anything because I didn't I was lacking a bit of that before um lockdown um so I've got a bit of that back and I'm not really a big practiser <laughs> either, so 
I've kind of been forcing myself to throw a bit more and it's definitely helped. So what does a, a practice routine look like for you at the moment? Um, usually I'll just have um, maybe about 10 games of best of seven against the computer or if someone else I can practice with online. I, I sometimes actually practice with Chris Dobie. I play, quite often play mixed pairs with him, so he sometimes helps me out if I'm needing a practice, which also helps. <laughs> and then I'll literally just do like finishes from one to one up to one seventy until I've finished, or go around the board. I generally tend to try practice the finishing more because that's what lets me down all the time. <laughs> Something I did want to touch on, during the Welsh Open weekend last month, you were at the Classic on the Friday, and then you and a couple of other players made the trek for the Women's Series on the Saturday, and then you were back for the Welsh Open on the Sunday. That was a fair old commitment. How was that weekend in the end? Very tiring. (laughs) I was absolutely shattered with all the travelling, but um, yeah, I had to give it a go because, well, the, the darts didn't go well on the Friday at the Welsh Classic. But the PDC rankings, I was sitting about, I think I was 11th or something. And obviously with them coming out, the, the top eight would get free Q school. It's like, well, I may as well just go on Saturday and see if I can pick up some more money. But obviously I had quite a few tough draws, <laughs> so it didn't, didn't really go my way. And yeah, um, just, I'm, like, I am dedicated to to the dark side of things um, so I'll go wherever I have to go kind of thing to to get further but I did play a bit better on the Sunday at the Welsh Open um, not as well as I can <laughs> but yeah so hopefully it'll all be worth it The Women's Series obviously is very professionally run and it's good to see you know more events on that front this year and there's a record prize fund for the ladies <clears throat> sorry at Lakeside in January, uh-huh. do you feel like the ladies' game is now starting to get the recognition it deserves? Yeah, I, it's obviously, I understand how hard it is to get ladies to go go to things. Obviously, this year, with the um, PDC weekends, there was quite a lot of other things on at the same time, so like the people that might not have sponsors and stuff um, wouldn't be able to go, but... I would like to see it um, continue and maybe if they space it out over the year they might obviously get more ladies going. I know quite a lot of people from up this way, they, they want to give it a give it a bash um, next year if it's on. Um, but I do think the ladies are getting a bit more help in that side of things. But obviously it's hard to um, <laughs> play against the likes of Fallon and Lisa and that all the time. Because um, they're obviously going to dominate things. Um, but yeah, I think it's good. Um, hopefully there'll be more to come in the future. The Women's Series, the British Open, the Welsh Open, they're all on Dark Connect and I think you know, obviously wonderful technology and stuff. But sponsorship isn't super easy to get. So does having you know like an actual tangible record of how well you played and data and averages and stuff, does that help with trying to get sponsors? I honestly don't even look at that. <laughs> um, generally, all my sponsors are people that I know um, that are like friends of the family or or uh, just friends of myself and stuff. 
Um, so they don't really look at that bit. Then a lot of my sponsors do just watch my games and st- like when I go away to a weekend. So yeah, I guess <laughs> it does help if you're playing well. Um, but if you're struggling, obviously they'll see that as well. Um, but I guess it is a good thing because then you can see how you're you're playing yourself. Um, and the likes of um, Scottish Darts, they're using that as well for all their competitions as well so I guess that that might help in the side of things for for me because I obviously play a lot of tournaments and a lot of the ladies in Scotland don't um so yeah so they'll be able to see how I'm playing um I don't know <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair enough all I was meaning was because I know what well, I think it was the first women's series. I think one of your first games you smacked in a ninety-two average, and I was like, "Well, that obviously sends a good message out." <laughs> yeah, I was a bit shocked at that one myself. Um, yeah, like everyone was. Um, most of my sponsors all messaged me after that game, just congratulating me and things like that. But I, <laughs> it's difficult to obviously continue to play like that oh, all yeah. the time. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So just a last thing. I know you were saying yesterday you were on mummy duties with your little girl. Yeah. How big a source of motivation is she for, for what you're trying to do with the darts? Oh, yeah. Um, well, she, she, operate, she loves watching the darts. Um, obviously, our dad, Cameron Menzies, um, he plays darts as well, obviously. So she watches both of us playing. Um, and I think she was definitely my... She was at the British Open, British Classic, so I think she must have been my lucky charm. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I just want to do it for her, and hopefully when she grows up, she'll want to wanna play darts as well, keep keep it going for the family. <laughs> yeah, she definitely have a lot of family encouragement to start playing anyway. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Lorraine. I really appreciate it. Good luck for Ireland, Italy, and hopefully I'll see you at Lakeside in January. I hope so. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed chatting with Lorraine. The 92 average she recorded at the Women's Series shows what she's capable of, as did the the 470-plus averages in Bridlington on the way to winning the title. She's got bags of ability, and she's one of several players thriving with their own custom darts made by Super Darts at the moment. And I think she's got a great chance of going well in Ireland and in Italy. And if she does well there, getting the requisite points she needs to to be in the field for the Lakeside World Championships in January. The final guest on this week's show was a man who won a ranking title last weekend at the end of October. That was Mark Barilli. Mark's played at Lakeside four times before, but interestingly, that Hungarian classic title was the first WTF title of his career. And he picked that up with a 6-3 final win over Nick Fulwell. Mark's a great player to watch. Um, we had a chat you know, to discuss that event win, aiming for a lakeside return, why he's never produced his best in, in four previous appearances at the home of World Darts, struggling with a shoulder injury during his time in the PDC, and a lot more besides. I'm now delighted to be joined by the 2021 Hungarian Classic champion, Mark Barilli. Mark, how are you? I'm great, thank you, Andrew. I mean, I hope you had a, a good birthday the other day. You had a nice early present last weekend, winning the title in Hungary. Yes, I did. I, I did. That was a great present. <laughs> you played pretty well in the tournament, some big wins for you, and then you beat Nick Fulwell 6-3 in the final. Talk me through that final. I think, finally, I 
think the two years played okay because I think we struggled in the doubles. A few doubles I missed, a few doubles Nick missed, but I was quite, quite happy just to beat Nick. His Nick was number one seed in the classics, so I was just happy to beat him. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's quite interesting because you've been to the British Open final before, you've played in the Welsh Open final before, but that was the first ever WDF ranking title that you've actually won, so I'm sure that was nice to, to add to your record. Oh, definitely. I've, I've been beating a few finals. I'm beating Open Hall in the final when I thought I should have won a few finals, but I was just happy to win it, very happy to win it. Mm. I think I've probably played better in finals I've lost, but I'm just happy to win my first win. <laughs> For sure. So the last few weeks, you were at the British Open, you were at the Welsh Open, you're obviously over in Hungary, you're going to Malta next week, as far as I understand. So do I take it from all that travelling that you're eyeing up a return to Lakeside in January? Yes, hopefully, hopefully. I've not been playing much over lockdown, so the last few months I've been a wee bit of practice in, but the British Open, Welsh Open, kind of struggled. Some good darts, some bad darts, but I'm starting to feel, with playing the last few weeks, I'm starting to feel a wee bit better with my form's coming back a little bit, so hopefully I get back a wee bit and maybe get to Leipzig. Well, I mean, if you're picking up titles, you can't be playing too badly. Aside from Malta, as I mentioned, where else are you looking to travel to before the end of the year? Well, I'm hoping to get the Irish Open, but I don't get back from Malta until Friday, and the Irish Open's on Saturday, Sunday, so I'm just looking to try and get a flight. It's from Glasgow, there are not many flights to the places... The venue in that, the, the only place you can really fly in is Dublin, so it's very hard to get to Killarney from Glasgow. But I'm, I'm, I'm looking at getting there somehow, <laughs> hopefully. Talking of Lakeside, you've played there four times before, but you've never really managed to produce your best on the, the Lakeside stage. Why do you think that has been? To be honest, I'm not sure. I, I, I like to play... When you're playing during the like, competition, you're maybe winning four or five games and you're getting maybe to a final. I struggle just to start my first game well. So if you're on the late side, you're only playing one game. It's, I just find it hard to go on and start from one game to, to qualify, not to get through. Mm. I'm maybe a, a, a competition, maybe struggle my first game, my second game, but as long as the games go, I seem to get better. But late side, just one game, I just seem to struggle with. I don't know why. That first World Championship you played in, your first round game was against Simon Whitlock. Before that game, kind of your, your big sort of TV debut and stuff, did you feel any real nerves at all? Not really nerves. I was just, I think when they put me off a little bit, with, had some people doing, but I was doing all the bookings. I, I do all the bookings, like trains and flying down. I book it for everybody. So it's probably, I probably took a couple of weeks out booking things for everybody if they did practicing, but was, I shouldn't have done uh, not, not really nerves. Hmm. Not really feel nerves. So if you do get back there in January, I imagine getting a first win under your belt is your main priority. Oh, absolutely. If I can get my first win, then you're into competition. And hopefully you can, you can keep on going. But my first win, that's all I want. Win my first game, and I've started. So I was quite pleased to see you playing at the, the British and the Welsh and, and in Hungary and stuff, because you didn't do Q School in January of this year. Was that because of, you know, the pandemic and everything associated with that? I, I'd entered the Fakou school, but once I changed it, when it went in Milton Keynes, then you had to be there for possibly 10 days. It was just too much money. You had to stay in the hotel, which is 
nearly £100, and if you were there for 10 days, you're talking about £1,000, you're flying doing your food, add work to go, and I mean, I couldn't take 10 days off, it was going to cost too much money. And I mean, during the pandemic, were you able to, to keep working, or were you stuck at home for long periods? Uh, working a little bit, it's normally outside I work, but there weren't many, many jobs we could do, so even when I stuck at home, I wasn't practising very much at all, because there was nothing to look forward to. No competition, so I never really gained much back this either. So, I mean, you've you've been on the PDC tour before, and we'll touch on that in a little bit, but, I mean, you played at the World Masters in 2000. You've been playing darts a long time, but when did you actually first get into the sport? Uh, I think I started playing when I was 18. Um, a couple of my brothers played darts in the local league, so they got me to start, start practising. But when, when I started, I was practising maybe five, six hours a day, which I can't even do six hours a week now. <laughs> so, so I mean you, you got into it through your brothers as you mentioned but w- was it something that you know you watched the darts on the TV at Christmas and that sort of thing oh yes I, I used to watch it I used to watch it years ago but even I don't even watch darts now I just don't like watching darts I used to like it years ago but I just don't like watching darts now mm. so when I go to competitions people say do you know him and I'm going no and they go he's just won a big competition but I don't watch it at all all right, that's quite interesting. So, what? Why aren't you watching it anymore? I'm not even sure. I, I maybe the odd time I'll maybe just it's maybe John Henderson or sometimes Gary Anderson. But even Gary, every, every time I watch Gary, he seems to get beat. So I see a bit. I better not watch him. I just don't enjoy it. That's quite interesting. But you're still enjoying playing, though. I still I, I like playing. That's that's an I, I enjoy playing. If you're playing well, if I'm not playing well. It's not good, but I've, for years I've struggled with a, a shoulder injury. But now I've, I've got tablets. I still I've went to the physio and it's helped a bit. But now I take tablets for it, which helps a lot. Mm. Was that a, a work-induced injury to your shoulder? It, it doesn't even know. The doctor doesn't even know. I think it's just wear and tear. They said we're just wear and tear. Maybe we're playing darts that long, but he said I can get an operation if I wanted, but. And you're not able to play that, that for about six months. So I just said, I'll just take tablets for it. But I, that stopped me practising when I played with PDC. I couldn't practise maybe an hour a week at the most because of my shooter. But now I can practise a wee bit. I mean, you're, you're from the, the Greenock area of Glasgow. What's the scene like where you are? Oh, there are quite a few leagues. At the moment, I'm only playing on Monday. Oh, sorry, it's Tuesday. I used to play on a Monday, but... Two nights a week is too much for me now. I just play on a Tuesday night, but there's a lot of darts. The Greenock League's Inverclyde's a very good league. I think they've got 16 teams with 16 players. It's a very good league. So, I mean, you were, you were doing the BDO tour for about 10 years in the end before you won your tour card in, in 2014. You've touched on the, the shoulder issues, but how were those four years as a tour card holder? I enjoyed, it. I enjoyed the way they run things. PDC, they run the competitions great. The boards are great. It's just a great setup. But I just wish when I, I played there, my, my shoulder was okay. I still didn't win some games in there, but we're not be able to practice. It was it wasn't very good. I mean, while you were on the tour, you still managed to, to qualify for a few of the Euro tours and stuff like that. And anyone who's seen you play on TV before in the Euro tours or at Lakeside will notice that you you play in long sleeve shirts. Why is that? I'm not even sure. I, I've just since I started playing, I've always played in long sleeves. 
obviously when I've, I've played for Scotland and the internationals have played with short sleeves, but I've always preferred to play with long sleeves. Hmm. No real reason. <laughs> uh, so you touch on it there. You are a you know former Scotland international. What are your favourite memories from pulling on that Scotland jersey? I mean, that's quite a, quite an impressive list of teammates there, anyway. Oh, yeah, you're not kidding. Aye. But, but they went on in day. Anderson, Thornton, but they went on and done. Uh, Ross Montgomery, too. They've all went on and done great. Just hopefully I can follow my wheel up a little bit. While you were a tour card holder, you, you played in the UK Open, but you've also qualified for the UK Open twice as a, a Riley's qualifier. And I actually saw you in person win the 2019 Riley's qualifier in, in Greenock. They weren't there this year, but are you hoping that those Riley's qualifiers return next year? Well, hopefully, I guess, hopefully they do. Obviously, they won in Greenock's. They've not got a Riley's in Greenock now, so hopefully they'll still get one. But it was always good to be able to play in your local one. But I hopefully they get the qualifiers back. It's always a good competition to play in. And do you think it's important to kind of open the door for at least one tournament a year to, you know, the, that's a bit cliche, but like, you know, your average pub player having the opportunity to, to play on the tally. Oh, absolutely. A lot of people, what's a lot, they can't go to the big competition to qualify, so if they can qualify in one weekend, it's a great opportunity for them. Now, something I've noticed when I've, I've seen you playing on TV before, with your throw, you seem to change pace a lot, you know, sometimes you'll be quite quick, sometimes quite slow. Is that deliberate? I think it's mostly me. I've always been a fast player, but you always get people trying to slow you down, so I've had to kind of try and slow myself down when I'm playing. Or, or flying over their head, I mean, the likes of people slowing you down. If I, I'm right, you're okay, right behind them. Sometimes I've just got to slow myself down. Don't get me wrong, when I get, I'm getting older, so I kind of keep up flying fast anyway. I've got to slow down myself. <laughs> well, it was great to see you win in Hungary last weekend. Mark, and I wish you the best for the rest of the year and at Lakeside in January. Oh, thank you. Hopefully I'll see you at Lakeside. It was great chatting to, to Mark. I remember him winning a Riley's qualifier in Greenock back in 2019. I, I mentioned it in the interview. and He just went about his business with ease all day, change of pace when he was playing, average really well, um, lovely player to watch, bags of ability, and hopefully the shoulder problem is manageable and he's able to, to kind of get the points. Thank you to Mark for his time, as to, to Jim and Lorraine, and thank you, as always, for listening. Your support is greatly appreciated. I'm not sure if Mark will will be off to Ireland next weekend, but I certainly will be. Entries closed on Sunday for the event, and the, the last time I checked, there were just over 350 men registered for the gold-graded Irish Open and 70 women for, for the gold women's competition. Strong fields for both, looking at the lineups, and there's a strong Irish contingent in the men's Irish Open, as you'd expect. I think a favourite in my book would probably be Sean McDonald, and the same goes for Neil Duff, Ross Montgomery and Mike Warburton. Uh, Moreno Blom has been playing more lately, so I think he'll go well again. Um, and there are a few other names that stand out to me, Lee Shewan, 
Diego Portella, Luke Littler in the field, good to see him there, James Hurrell and Anthony Allen. Another interesting name was Alan Casey, someone who plays a lot of local opens around the south of England, got bags of ability, interesting to, to see him there and he's got a chance to spring a fair few surprises as well. Among the Irish contingent, everyone knows what Gavin Carlin's capable of, played very well at the last set of uh, Pro Tours he was on, Liam Gallagher as a young guy with a lot of ability, Noel Cullerton, been playing a lot of the online league, and the former Europe Cup champion Martin Hennigan as well, he's someone who, who has bags of ability, could go well indeed, could go all the way and win it actually, um, so could Killian Heffernan, and of course the reigning world master John O'Shea. Uh, among the Northern Irish contingent, I mentioned Neil Duff already, but Jeff Wiley, experienced veteran, um, and the other name that stood out to me from north of the border in Ireland was Josh Rock, someone who Neil Duff speaks really highly of. But before the events in Ireland, there's the Malta Open during this week. It's it's always a difficult one because it's midweek, which obviously means that players from outside Malta need to take a, a fair bit more holiday um, from, from their jobs. Um, but still decent-sized fields. I think it's just over 140 for the men and, and 35 for the ladies. Laura Turner's the top seed in the ladies' competition and she's been drawn against Joe Locke in the first round, which is a brutal, brutal draw for both of them, especially as they obviously were both targeting the event for some good points that would bolster their standing in the rankings ahead of the, the last few events of the season. Top seed in the men's competition is Andy Bartons of Belgium, who's been playing very well the last few months. Mark Barilli's in the, the lineup, as is Francesco Rossini from Italy, who's targeting a few more points to try and strengthen his case for, for qualifying for Lakeside for the first time. Friend of the show, John Scott, will be there. Uh, as will James Beaton, who got a big 93 average playing for Cluid this past weekend in the, the counties. Uh, friend of the show, John Emery, he's unlucky not to be seeded in Malta. Didn't have quite enough for 16 seeds in the end. And he's got a pretty tough first-round assignment against Gabor Takac from Hungary. Um, but someone I'd say to look out for is Belgium's John Desremo. He's a very dangerous player. Is seeded, I think he's seed number seven, uh, but he's got the ability to, to go all the way potentially in that competition. While the Irish Open is taking place, there's also the Gold Seacoast Open in Massachusetts in the US, uh, and from there you'll get another two guaranteed lakeside qualifiers. be really interesting to see who comes through those. There'll be streams on the USA Darts YouTube channel, uh, and all the action will be on Dark Connect. Also on Dark Connect next weekend is the Challenger Classic from Birkdale, Australia. It's a bronze graded event and that's the last on the Australian calendar for 2021. With Raymond Smith set to be going to Ali Pali, that opens the door for the next two in the men's regional rankings. And at the moment they look like being Jeremy Fagg and Donovan Lottering, but obviously things could change. In the ladies, it's Tori Kewish. Uh, I don't know whether she'll be able to go. I'm not sure what the travel restrictions are like in Australia at the moment, but be interesting to see what happens there. But she's currently got a 45-point lead, and there's only one person who can catch her, and that's Maureen Homer, who won the North Queensland Classic back in September. The field is taking shape now for Lakeside, and there was some further information from the WDF on Saturday evening about the final plans for Canada and New Zealand. The issue for Canada was that there was a three-way tie for second in the men's regional rankings between Matt Campbell, Rory Hansen and Sean Burt. There was nothing in the WDF rules as to how they could split them 
uh, and instead of running some kind of playoff, they're just going to issue invites to all three of them. Matt Campbell obviously has a place at Alexandra Palace through his performances on the, the European branch of the Challenge Tour, so he's unlikely to be there. Uh, but I expect that Rory Hansen and Sean Burt will both be taking uh, their invitations, which just means that there'll be one less backfield spot from the main ranking tables. Sean Burt was on last week's show, and, and he, at the time, didn't know uh, what the resolution was going to be. And actually, before we before we recorded the interview, he didn't actually know he was in a tie for a lakeside place. But when he found out, he, he got in contact with some people from the WDF and kind of pushed for a resolution and, and some guidance. And yeah, he's definitely super excited, and I look forward to seeing Mr Intensity in January. The issue with New Zealand was that their COVID lockdown from September onwards had meant that they couldn't run their final events of the year and meant that they'd only had four during the ranking season. The WDF rules mandate you need to have five to send representatives to the World Championships. So in theory, New Zealand would not have had any players there. But obviously, you know, they couldn't stop the pandemic and the government. So they've been granted some leeway and and they will still have players at the World Championships. In theory, their invites would be going to Ben Robb, Warren Parry and Wendy Harper, who've all appeared on the show this year. But Ben Robb also topped the Dark Players New Zealand table, so has an invite for Alexandra Palace as well. Should he take that, which I I anticipate he will, place at Lakeside would drop down to Hopaipua. I spoke to, to Ben and Wendy, just had a chat in the last week, and they've both said that travel... Getting out of New Zealand is not too much of a problem, but getting back is the real issue. Uh, and they are concerned about the levels of COVID in the UK, but f- all my fingers are crossed for them that they can get over in January and December because they'll be great additions to the, the respective competitions. I'll be finding out who I'm playing in Ireland on Tuesday of this week, and I- I'm looking forward to it, even if my work commitments have meant that my time on the practice board have been pretty, has been pretty minimal uh, of late. It would be good to to get a break and catch up with people and and record another On The Road episode of the podcast. Uh, In the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at amsinkler97. You can follow the podcast at Inside the WDF. You can like the Facebook page, Inside the WDF. You can rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And I'll see you next week.